are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. So we were talking about bubbles last time and how the FOMO to MOMO can lead to NOMO. There's another way that things lead us down a bad path. It's excitement. Why would excitement lead us down a bad path? Any ideas? Because it blinds you to making the right decision. Mm -hmm. Blurs your judgment a little bit. A lot of bit, maybe even. Kind of gets those endorphins going, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Think about times when you've been excited. Well, it's also an emotional response. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I heard two very interesting things. (laughs) Let's start with Connor's right now. We'll come back to condition response because his was right now. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But... um. Go ahead. It's an emotional response. Conditioned response. Actually, a conditioned response is is even different from an emotional response. It says you're triggered. Well, I mean, remember when we were discussing emotions when we make decisions? Yeah. And I almost feel like excitement is one of those emotions that makes you act impulsively. It is. It's exactly. That's what I was saying. Think about the times when you've been excited. Connor, you're you're on the mound. You know you're facing somebody. You know you can strike out. Are you Mm -hmm. excited? Very excited, but I know you're keeping it calm. You're not showing it. And if I don't keep it calm, you know, you end up blowing it. Right. It's basically 10 out of 10. You blew it. Right. But you feel, you know, I'm about to crush this. Uh Now, now, when's another time when we get excited? Uh, When you like meet a new guy and you're excited when he takes you out. Ooh, the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. And then turns out he's a jackass, but you're too blinded because of the excitement. That, yeah. Ah. Uh, or, or how about uh, if you go to a casino and you see all the bells, you get excited and want to see. 17 smack four let's times. Let's see what happens, night, right? And you're hitting that roulette table. Woo-wee. Now, think about what just happened. There are two ways in which we can get excited. One is really positive for us, low risk. The other one, we don't know what's going to happen. High risk. Gambling. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can make mistakes when we get excited because we're, we're, we're toggling between low risk and high risk outcomes here that we think that, that we think are happening. Right. I think excitement is short, a short term thing. You, you have a spark of excitement. So you don't take the time to research, maybe take a deep breath here, take some days on it, check the fish market out, whatever it may be. But excitement's a short term reactionary thing. So what I hear you saying, Connor, is that, if you got excited because something just got presented to you rather than something you knew, that's the wrong side of sort of excitement on which to act. And you yeah. should cool your head. Yeah. But if you got excited because here's the fat pitch that I know I can hit. Ah, and you've been I'm waiting for it. You've seen it. You've tracked sucker. it and whatnot. Yeah. Because excitement and action, right? Mm. So all we're saying is when you get excited about something that somebody's pitched you and it's a new thing, it's like, I got the latest new crypto NFT super spec CLO. 
<laughs> I'm excited. I'll yeah. tell you that's happening. Yeah. That's but a- are you buying right now? Are you going to buy right now? No, not not anymore with my in my experiences. Right. That's the time to go cool down. But if I come to you and say, "Hey, the stock we've been playing just moved into it's going to it's it's they just slapped it out of the ballpark and the price hasn't moved yet." Is that a different kind of excited? Mm-hmm. Educated. That's, it's almost. It's not even. Yes, it is. We know that one, right? We've we've been waiting for that. We think that's what's going to happen, and bang, we're happy. And right? We're excited, yeah. and we can act on that too in a good way. So it's something so, to look forward to, almost. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Yeah. It is. When you know you're going to crush it, you look forward to it, and the only thing you need to remember while you're crushing it is don't be distracted by your enjoyment of it. You need to be focused in and present rather than distracted and outside of it. it. It applies to stocks. It applies to life. It applies to pitching. It applies to it all. So yes, it, it does. It does. It, and you mentioned it applies to life. So much of what we've been talking about does actually, why, why are we talking about things that apply to life when it comes to investing? I think a lot of it goes hand in hand and it's... Sure, but why does it, it go hand It takes a level, a cool head and, and some of these life... Um, lessons to be a good investor be a good entrepreneur it takes life uh i see lila straining at the bit she wants to add something i to mean it. investing is just part of life well it's about making choices it's about making decisions and as human beings we're making human decisions that are subject to all of our humanity and all the mess that goes with that mm-hmm. so we discuss the life lessons because as risk managers as as investors we have to examine our choices and the ways in which you're making decisions. And it leads me into the next topic, which is a controversial one for sure. And one that's actually important. It also holds us back as people. And it's, it's ubiquitous. It's called bias. Mm-hmm. What, you know, we, we defined in a prior episode what risk means. What does bias mean? It's another little four letter word that's it's, got a lot packed into it. Um, your prerequisite from a young age biases, bias that you're you're against or you're for some certain things, whatever your perspective you've on something, something is. You've, 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 you've prejudged, prejudged it. Anything to add to that, counselor? I mean, it's just preconditioned, preconceived notions yeah. of the way things should be. Right. Pre-programmed. So, for, so for example, my biases are very different from Lila's biases. All of our biases are, mm-hmm. well, they're individual at some level and they're also culturally universal at some mm. level. Like for example, would you eat hemlock? I, Do you have I, a bias against eating poisoned plants? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, poison ivy, poison oak, you know, totally. We don't eat them, do we? <laughs> Wait, we do have, no, no, no. that's we, not true. Lots uh, of people eat poison plants. How about the coca oh, plants? Psilocybin mushrooms, is that well, poisonous? Mm, no. <laughs> uh, no, neither of those are poisonous. Let's start with, because uh, they don't kill you when you eat them. <laughs> but in large doses, they Everything kill will yeah. kill you in a large enough dose. Too, yeah. If I drop a large enough coffee bean on you, you'll be crushed, okay? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but 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 bias functions in these two very interesting ways. It, it prevents us from making fatal errors, but it also prevents us from learning and exploring new things or even making wise choices. Uh, I'll give you an example of a really bad bias that existed in your lifetime, Leela. If you go back 30 years ago, and it still exists a bit today, but it was pretty common. Barely in your lifetime. There, yes, <laughs> it's true. There was a common bias in comedy that women weren't funny. Can you believe that existed? <laughs> you just take a whole women 
can't be funny. Yes, I do believe that existed. I can't. To me, it's so it's beyond stupid. I can't it conceive is. of it. Well, because as a woman, we've been conditioned to say we're not funny, we're too emotional, we're not capable, we're mm-hmm. this, we're that, and so it doesn't surprise me. So we, but you see where bias hurts as well, right? Mm-hmm. So the way in which I think bias is useful to us is in examining why we made a choice and adjusting our bias. Think of your bias as like a filter. Yes, yeah. I like, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be well calibrated will... because if you don't have right. enough bias... Right, because think about the things that we filter in and filter out even mm-hmm. when someone's talking to us. Do we filter in their body language, their tone, what are the words? Think of your bias as a filter and it's something that we need to examine and tune because believe it or not, most of your biases were formed when? Young ages, subconscious level, in, tiny baby. Yeah, Toddler bef- years. Yeah, sort of before you could really make good informed choices. So yeah, you get bit by a dog when you're like zero years old. You don't remember it. You're scared of dogs the rest of your life. Right. It's the wrong bias, bias right? It's the bias is, you know, maybe strange dogs or dogs that are foaming at the mouth mm-hmm. at the time. But you were too young to take the more nuanced lesson yeah. in the bias, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for me, it's bikers on the PCH. There you go. <laughs> We all have our stupid biases that are embarrassing when we admit them. It's it's absolutely true. All I'm trying to get at is not to shame us about them, but to be aware of them when we make choices as investors. Uh, sometimes they'll help us. Sometimes they'll hurt us. I'm hoping that we'll be wise enough to take a breath, not get overly excited, and challenge our biases. Right. When can you give can. us a practical example, Mark? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, practical example. Yeah. Um, I used to love eating meat. I had a bias toward eating meat for my protein. No, but in terms in of investing and in investing, investing. Johnson, yes, Johnson investing. Johnson versus, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Marlboro or something. Uh, I, I, my personal biases tend to be on a moral basis. So for example, I don't buy tobacco stocks, even though they meet all of our rules for a core portfolio. And I stray away from also arms manufacturers. Well, they're all now mostly going to go broke because of a new... But until then, they they looked like completely solid players. I just don't want to be associated with those kinds of businesses. That's a moral bias. Right. My analytic bias is, uh, for example, I wouldn't want to buy Peloton. My my analytic bias is they messed up their business. They they got it wrong. So I'm, I'm questioning management's choices and the way in which they think they can fix the company. I, I'm going to be biased against companies that break our rules. Does that help? Is that what you meant? Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's exactly what so we're asking. So with that, um, me too. don't be afraid to challenge your biases, but also you got to listen to them too. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.